0: Chapter 11. Gregor awoke from a fitful sleep. Images of blooded rivers, his dad surrounded by rats, and boots falling into bottomless caverns had woven in and out of his dreams all night long. Oh yeah, and then there was that warrior thing. He had tried to tell them. When Vicus had implied that he was the warrior in the Prophecy of Grey, Gregor had actually laughed. But the man was serious. You've got the wrong guy, Gregor had said. Really, I promise, I'm not a warrior. Why pretend and get their hopes up? Samurai warriors, Apache warriors, African warriors, medieval warriors. He'd seen movies. He'd read books. He didn't in any way resemble any warriors. First of all, they were grown up, and they usually had a lot of special weaponry. Gregor was only 11, and unless you counted a two-year-old sister as special weaponry, he'd come empty-handed. Also, Gregor was not into fighting. He'd fight back if someone jumped him at school, but that didn't happen often. He wasn't all that big but he moved fast and people didn't like to mess with him. Sometimes he'd step in if a bunch of guys were pounding a small kid. He hated seeing that, but he never picked fights. He wasn't fighting what warriors mainly did. Vicus and Luxa had listened to his protest. He would thought he might have convinced Luxa. She didn't have a very high opinion of him anyway, but vikas was more persistent. How many overlanders survived the fall to the underland, do you suppose? I would guess a tenth. And how many survived the rats after that? Perhaps another tenth. So out of a thousand overlanders, let us say ten survive. How passing strange! How passing strange is that? Not only your father, but you and your sister came alive to us," said Vicus. "I guess it's kind of strange," admitted Gregor. "But I don't see why that makes me the warrior." "You will when you better understand the prophecy," said Vicus. "Each per- person carries their own destiny." These walls tell of our destiny, and your destiny, Gregor, requires you to play a role in it. I don't know about this destiny thing, said Gregor. I mean, my dad and Boots and I, we all have the same laundry room, and we landed somewhere pretty close to you. So I'm thinking it's more of a coincidence. I'd like to help, but you guys are probably going to have to wait a little longer for your warrior. Vikas just smiled and said they would put it before the council in the morning, this morning, now. Despite all his worries, he had plenty. Gregor couldn't feel, couldn't deny a feeling of giddy happiness that shot through him periodically. His dad was alive. Almost instantly, another wave of anxiety would rush over him. Yeah, he's alive, but imprisoned by rats. Still, his grandma always said, where there's life, there's hope. Boy, wouldn't his grandma love it if she knew he was talked about in a prophecy. But of course, that wasn't him. That was some warrior guy who would hopefully make an appearance really soon and help him get his dad free. That was his main goal now. How could he rescue his dad? The curtain pulled open and Gregor squinted at the light. Mereth stood in the doorway. The swelling in his face had gone down, but his bruises were going to be there for a while. Gregor wondered if the guard was still angry with him, but Mereth sounded calm. Gregor the Overlander, the council requests your presence, he said. "'If you make haste, you may, you may wash and eat first. "'Okay,' said Gregor. He started to rise and realized Boots' head was cradled on his arm. He eased himself up without waking her. "'What about Boots?' "'She may sleep on,' said Marath. "'Dulcet will watch over her.' Gregor bathed quickly and dressed in fresh clothes. Mereth led him to a small room where a meal was laid out, then stood watch at the door. "'Hey, Marath," he said, drawing the guard's attention. "'How is everybody? I mean Perdita and the bats. Are they okay?' Perdita has woken finally. The bats will mend, said Marith evenly. Oh, that's great, said Gregor with relief. After his father's situation, the thing pressing most on him had been the condition of the uplanders. He wolfed down bread, butter, and mushroom omelets. He drank hot tea made, some, made of some sort of herb, and energy seemed to pour through him. Are you ready to face the council? asked Marith, seeing his empty plate. All set, said Gregor, springing up. He felt better than he had since he had reached the underland. News of his dad, the Underlander's recovery, sleep, and food had revived him. The council, a group of a dozen older Underlanders, had gathered at a round table in a room off the high hall. Gregor saw Vikas and Solvit, who gave him an encouraging smile. Luxa was also there, looking tired and defiant. Gregor bet she'd been chewed out for joining the rescue party last night. He was sure she hadn't acted one bit sorry. Vikas introduced the people around the table. They all had funny-sounding names that Gregor immediately forgot. The council began to ask him questions, all kinds of things, like when he was born, and did he know how to swim? And what did he what did he in the overland? He couldn't figure out why a lot of the stuff was important. Did it really matter that his favorite color was green? But a couple of underlanders were scribbling down every After a while the council seemed to forget that he was there, and they argued among themselves. He caught phrases like Son of the Sun and White Water Runs Red, and knew they were talking about the prophecy. Excuse me, he finally broke in. I guess Vicus didn't tell you, but I'm not the warrior. Look, please, what I really need is for you guys to help me bring my dad home. Everyone at the table stared at him for a moment and then began to talk with greater excitement. Now he kept hearing the words, follow his call. Finally, Vicus rapped on the table for order. Members of the council, we must decide. Here sits Gregor the Overlander. Who counts him the warrior of the prophecy of Grey? Ten of the twelve hands shot up. Luxa kept her hands on the table. Either she didn't think he was the warrior or she wasn't allowed to vote. Probably both. We believe you to be the warrior, said Vicus. If you call us to help you regain your father, then we can answer your call. They were going to help him. Who cared why? Okay, great, said Gregor. Whatever it takes. I mean, believe whatever you want. That's fine. We must begin the journey with all haste, said Vicus. I'm ready, said Gregor eagerly. Let me just get boots and we can go. Ah, yes, the baby, said Solvet, and another round of arguments ensued. Wait, shouted Vicus. This costs much time. Gregor, we do not know that the prophecy includes your sister. What, said Gregor. He couldn't remember the prophecy very well. He had to ask Vicus if he could get in the room and read it again. The prophecy mentions 12 beings. Only two are described as overlanders. You and your father fill that number, said Solvet. The prophecy also speaks of one lost. That one may be your father's, in which case Boots is the second Overlander. But it may also be a rat, said Vicus. The journey will be difficult. The prophecy warns that four of the twelve will lose life. It may be wisest to leave Boots here. From around the table came a general murmur of Rosette. Gregor's head began to swim. Leave Boots? Leave her here in Regalia with the Underlanders? He couldn't do that. It wasn't that the thought that they'd mistreat her... But she'd be so lonely, and what if he and his dad didn't make it back? She'd never get home. Still, he knew how vicious the rats were, and they would be hunting him to the last rat. He didn't know what to do. He looked at the set faces and thought the underlanders had already decided to split them up. Stay together. Wasn't that what his mom always told him when he took his sisters out? Stay together. Then he noticed that Luxa was avoiding his gaze. She had intertwined her fingers on the stone table before her and was staring at them tensely. What would you do if you were her sister, Luxa, he asked. The room got very quiet. He could tell the council didn't want to hear her opinion. I have no sister, Overlander, said Luxa. Gregor felt disappointed. He heard a murmur of approval from some of the council members. Luxa's eyes flashed around the table and she scowled. But if I did, and I were you, she said passionately, I would never take my eyes off her. He said, thank you but he didn't think he could hear him in the loud loud round of objections that poured from the council. He raised his voice. If Boots doesn't go, I don't go. The room was in an uproar when a bat veered through the doorway and crashed onto the table, silencing everyone. A ghostly woman slumped over the bat, pressing her hands to her chest to stem the flow of blood. One of the bat's wings folded in, but the other extended at an awkward angle, clearly broken. Anshil is dead. Daphne is dead. The rats found Shed, Fangor, King Gorgor has launched his armies. They come for us, gasped the woman. Bikas caught the woman as she collapsed. How many Kida, he asked. Many, she whispered, many rats, and she went limp.